Hey guys, welcome to Fireside, a weekly podcast. That's it, podcast. Oh, fuck. Uh, where I muck up the intro with Dan and talk about what we've been playing this week. It's a recording of weekly fuckery. <laughs> Hang on. No, no. No, folks. No, let say, me just I, clarify. I did not say fucking, I said fuckery. Yeah, just stick with what I said. Don't listen to Dan. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to the new 40 minute version. 40 minutes. Fireside. Okay. Oh, do you have to go? No, no, that's that all right. That extra 10 minutes going to kill you? Slap myself awake for this one. Yeah. Go. That's to allow for the beer. My mistakes at the start. <laughs> and uh, mind you, we've been under 30 minutes the last two. Have we? When I got around to the editing. Oh, as in in total air length or by the time you take out beer? Why would I take out beer? No, as in if you recorded actual. Meaningful content, not the beer bit. <laughs> if I recorded actual meaningful content, the podcast, no podcast would be like, <laughs> the start music. <laughs> oh, that fantastic song. <laughs> That's Italian. Alrighty. So, uh, we are, better get this out of the way first, we sure. are part of the Podbros Network, P-O-D-B-R-O-S.com. You can check out all their cool podcasts there. Um, and this week, I've put a veil over yeah. the... Beer. Oh, it's a tea towel. <laughs> Let's not make this out to be more than it is. <laughs> well, <laughs> remove the great tea towel right. of mystery. <laughs> it was nearly the boxer shorts of mystery because I couldn't oh, find oh, a tea oh, towel. Oh, so. <laughs> you know, I probably would have still drank the beer. It <laughs> <laughs> <That> is bottled. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the colostomy bag of beer. <laughs> All right. This week's beer is Duville. Ooh. Belgian Pilsner. Now, Ooh. there's a special way that you have to pour this beer. Feeling special. So that's why we have ding glasses, glasses this week. Yes. So you're meant to pour it extremely slowly because it's a frothy bitch. And down the side. That's not what it said. <laughs> so, I remember the Belgians ever saying that. And this is the most expensive attempt at sponsorship we've had because these were $8 a bottle from Dan Murphy's. Wow. That's like pub prices. Maybe it's Dan Murphy's we should be seeking sponsorship from. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I am about to read their spiel. Blonde and refreshing, but with flavour and complexity. This Belgian ale defines the strong golden ale. Made with Pilsner malts, Bohemian hops, and a unique yeast strain, creating an intense, aromatic, and beguiling ale. Blonde and refreshing, but with flavour and complexity. The Belgian ale defines the strong golden ale. There's way too much blonde and refreshing with yeast in that sentence. (laughs) And ale. <laughs> blonde and refreshing ale, and yeast. Ale. Yeah, blonde and refreshing. Okay. I think we now need the explicit tag on the podcast. Oh, this looks good. It does. Ooh, Ooh holy crap, that is beautiful. Finish pouring in a tick, so I want to get some of this down my neck. Mm. <laughs> Again, he's talking about the beer. Oh my god. That's not bad, huh? Oh my god. That's just fantastic. Oh, it is seriously awesome. Yeah, that is um Have you ever um no we'll we'll stick to we'll stick to this brand and we'll we'll talk about other brands later, but there's another Belgian beer that is equally expensive and equally good. <laughs> 
it's just something about Belgian. I don't know. Is this one brewed by Trappist monks like um, Chimay or not? I don't know. I bought it at Dan Murphy's off a shelf. What does it say? Celebrating mastery since 1871. I'm tipping not. There's Ingredients. One of, the, one of the greatest beers I've ever had is another Belgian beer called Chimay. And it's brewed by Belgian Trappist monks. I shit you not. And I'm thinking to myself, I mean, apart from the whole celibacy thing, how Flavor awesome is that? How awesome is that? Apart from celibacy, you don't pay taxes because you're religious mm. and you're brewing the world's best beer. That's it. Yep. That's pretty cool. I'm not going to handle that as a lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with coming over to your mate's place talking about games and drinking beers? Yeah, but... That you don't pay for. You can pay for that Belgian one. That's your shout, that episode, all right? Okay. All the Belgian episodes are your shout. But, actually, just to address something real quick... Dan didn't say he wanted a Greek beer. He said he wanted a German beer back in episode... Thank you. Thank whatever you. it was. I, yes. I, I did was say out, it didn't sound like something. I was out searching for Pokemon and listening back over the episode because I hadn't downloaded anything else. And I went, oh, shit, he didn't say Greek at all. It was still a good beer. That mythos was nice. It was very nice. It was very nice. This is, yes. this is astounding, though. This yes. Is, um, yeah, it's beautiful. We'll have to take a quick break while we finish off all these beers and go buy some more. Oh no, it's after no. seven p.m. at night. Dan's is shut. Have to take out a second mortgage to buy more of those beers. Mm, not bad. Mm. Now, what have you been playing, games wise? Games time. Games so. wise. Um, it's been largely more of the same. I haven't really had an opportunity to dive into much many new games. I did, however, as you know, acquire Castle Panic after. Yes. And, and I bought that without having played it at all, based solely on how you described it in last episode. <laughs> I only do this podcast so you will buy games from my shop. <laughs> I actually don't even publish these. I'm not sure you knew that. <laughs> it's kind of redundant. I buy games from you anyway. Um, and uh, I've already played a couple of games uh, and uh, with with uh, Christian, and one of, them, one of those was with Lisa as well. I love it. I'm, I'm totally hooked. Unfortunately, we we haven't had time to finish either game to completion, so um, I want to get to that stage of either you know elation at success or, or disappointment at losing. You're totally but, hooked. Um, You're totally hooked. It is how, awesome. How many drug addicts do you see or alcoholics that go? Oh, I'm only going to have a sip. Yeah, no, no. It's You're not I was <laughs> I was I was already saying to to Christian tonight. Um, Oh, look at that. It says on the box there's expansions. I'll have to ask Dave about those too. <laughs> We've only played two games. Yeah, you know. Um, it's really, really good. Uh, so obviously we don't need to re-describe the game. Thanks, Charlotte. Dog hacking something up over there. Um, Sorry, she ate it up again. She's good like that. self clean Cleans up after herself. <laughs> it's like one of those robotic vacuum cleaners. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we don't need to describe the game again. Yeah. But um, it, the, Jesus, the style of gameplay and, and the fact that it's um, it lends itself so nicely to that cooperative strategic way of thinking... Um, it's you great. Know what? I was actually thinking, I reckon it's the co-op that makes that game for me. Mm. Without the co-op, it'd just be a game of, like, so many other games, and you'd just be playing through what Without the, the co-op, it'd just be end. a race to kill as many monsters as you could, and that's it. Yeah. The, the negotiating and swapping and planning together to achieve yeah. the goal is just... And it works I'll, so well. They've, they've placed some good natural limits in, in the game um, mm. as well, so... When it comes to the trading cards, you can only trade one card unless there's yeah. more than six players or six players or more. Oh, really? Um, I've been, I've six players or more, apparently you can do two cards. That makes um, sense. Yeah. Um, 
and when it's well, the single player the variant, players are more. You're only really trading. You're only really discussing the next three moves at any time. Yeah. Right? What I like is in in the gameplay, uh, or sorry, the order of gameplay. Um, after you've drawn back up to your to your hand maximum, um, you can first discard a yeah. card and draw a new one, yeah. and then you can trade with someone else one card, as long as you both agree on the trade and you both have a card to actually trade. The thing I like about that is you're already looking ahead. You've got to think two to three steps ahead mm-hmm. straight away. That goes without saying. But um, there's that, okay, well, I don't need any swordsmen in a hurry because they're all out in the forest right now and, yeah. and so it's going to be a while. So, bugger, so I'll discard it now. And I'll hope, turf a swordsman yeah. and hope for something that gets them, you know, gets them in a closer range. And, you know, there's, so there's, there's plenty of the, the, um, the random luck of the mm. draw as well as the strategic. And, yeah, but it's and, calculated risk, right? It well, is. Yeah. So now you've played it, there are, there are actually three variants of the game. There's yep. Dead Panic, which is a zombie version. Yep, I saw There's that. There's Star Trek Panic, which I'm sure Glenn will buy. <laughs> uh, anything Star Trek, he'll buy yep, it. Yep, guaranteed. Yep. I should just write Star Trek on all my stock and then sell out. Uh, Run a Star Trek sale. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's Munchkin Panic. Now, I haven't actually played the Munchkin Panic. I think Mm. it's just monsters and themes, similar. But the Star Trek one, you're defending Voyager or Enterprise, one of them, um, and there are missions, right? So you've not... Your goal isn't just to defend the ship. Yep. Same core concept, but you've got missions that you must achieve as well, and they have certain effects. Dead Panic, I haven't played it, but I was reading... The usual thing when I was writing the blurb for the game on the site, you know, you yeah. take what the publishers give you and then you go, right, now how can I write this so it actually means something to someone that's looking for info about the game? Go to board game, you can get a mix, mix of the two. Uh, but that one's got something where you're, you're in a cabin and the zombies are coming, mm. and there's a point you are actually able to try and make a run for it from the cabin, at which point you're solo. And if you don't make it, you become a zombie that then attacks uh, the cabin. Right. So there's this thing That's where you, cool. everyone's got to escape or something. Look, you know, um, it's funny, I only read an article earlier today about, uh, came from, I think, the uh, Tabletop subreddit. Um, and uh, and the guy was saying something that's sort of been ringing in my head for a little while now, um, that I'm starting to look for new games, that uh, themes that I don't already have. Mm. So I didn't have a good castle defence game or tower defence game. Yep. And I don't have a lot of cooperative games. I have bought Hanabi. You said that last week. Yeah, I said that quite recently. And since then, I've acquired Hanabi and now Castle Panic. Yeah. Um, so it ticked a couple of boxes in a major way. Mm. Um, so, you know, seeing different flavours of the same game probably wouldn't do it for me. I'm keen to see what the expansions do to the game, though, mm. in terms of altering the gameplay and making it more interesting again. But yeah. um, I've still got plenty of exploring to do on the, on the base game, and I'm loving it. So and, See, I'm yeah. finding... So I bought, say... Star Trek, um, Starcraft Risk mm. because I love Starcraft and I didn't own Risk one thing I'm learning some of these games like Castle Panic seem to with their variants they're not just reskinning it right yeah. Munchkin you've got Star Munchkin I've got regular Munchkin I've got Adventure Time Munchkin Adventure Time Munchkin they actually make some small changes mm. but all the rest of them feel a lot like just reskinning of the game right Yeah, Monopoly Hobbit Monopoly, for God's sake. It's, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. You know, it's the same Australian game. Monopoly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's the same game, different things. I like that games like Castle Panic and a lot of others are now making the variants have some sort of thing that's different. But at the same point, 
when I buy a game now, I like I was going to buy Castle Panic, and I'm a fan of Star Trek, other than Voyager, which I actually think I'm not going to finish watching because I can't bear it anymore. But I will actually, I actually went and I went, no, nah, I'm going to buy the base game that started this off and made it popular. Right. Because to me, that, yeah. you know, even if I wasn't interested in the theme of castles, that's got the core gameplay that launched. I think, yeah, but to series. me the theme isn't castles, it's, it's tower defence. Well, the gameplay is always going to be it. Yeah, and right. so no matter what they do, it's always going to be tower defence. And, and, mm. and that's cool. Like I said, it's a game that I didn't have, a, a style of game I didn't have on the shelf that I, it turns out, you know, I desperately need it because we've had great fun already with it yeah. and, and we've only tried to play it twice. Still haven't finished it. Um, can't wait. We're already sitting there saying, shit, when are we going to actually finish the game? Well, we'll try tomorrow night. So, um, you know, that that already is the hallmark of a good game when Chris and I sit there saying, hey, do you want to try Castle Panic again? Yep, yeah. all right, let's go. Well, when I started playing with Kirsty, for the next two games we played after that, it was Castle Panic each time. Yeah. Oh, breaking news. Kirsty actually said to me the other day, she thinks she's about ready to move on from Ticket to Ride. <gasps> Say that so. Say that so. Yeah. So 10 years was the breaking point. (laughs) (laughs) Just in time for the anniversary edition. Wonderful. (laughs) Uh, What have you been playing? Um, Mainly, mainly video games, Mm. actually. I, um, so I don't know if I mentioned that last time I, I, uh, repaired this Mac that Mm. I found at home that was, looked like it was absolutely screwed. $40 or $60 battery on eBay and a $15 touchpad later. (laughs) It's a brand new bloody Mac. It's a 2000, an 11 Mac, but um, <clears throat> it can actually still, it, it runs everything. It runs the latest software, runs all the applications, etc., etc. So I'm suitably impressed. So I went, yeah. right, what games can it run? So I chucked on a bunch of games. I went, hang on, let me just, I'll open up my Steam library and I'll tell you. So what I put on. Well, actually, <laughs> while you're doing that, because I've got it right here. Recent, oh, I can it see. doesn't take long yep. to click the Steam icon, but yep. carry on. No, no, that's fine, go. No, no, no. That's right. I'll drink, I'll drink Belgian I'll pour myself pale another. You, you interrupt with you. This, it better be an interesting story. That's no, no, it's quite all right. No, no, seriously. Oh no, you. God. No, you. Oh, no, you hang up You first. hang up. You hang up. <laughs> I was just going to say, I've been really pleased with, uh, lately, with Steam on Mac. Because when I first, when I first signed up for a Steam account years ago, I don't know, not heaps of years ago, I, I think I got my five or six year badge on my account. Um, there wasn't a lot of games for Mac. There just wasn't. Mm. But recently, I've noticed, obviously, the developers are making more of an effort and Steam's making more of an effort to to build the stable up. And so, most recently, I went and bought that Humble Bundle. And I, I bought the middle tier. So, mainly because I had to have both Civ Five and Railroad Tycoon 3. Well, Civ Five is that's a no-brainer, yeah. right? Yeah, and Railroad Tycoon. I've, I've always wanted to play that on the Mac. Um and I was gratified by how many of those games were actually Mac ready, straight out of Steam. So my Steam library is actually in the in the space of only a few weeks since I've decided to acquire more Steam, um, more more games in my Steam library. It's already for me. This is impressive, just not yeah. for you maybe, but it's already like thirty five, forty games. Yep. Um, most of those are on the Mac. I think twenty eight yeah. or something like that. So there's only a few games that aren't available for Mac. I've got to say, how imp- that's impressive. Well, because look, Mac's always been left out in the cold when it comes to gaming. Mate, well, that's Linux now, because my other laptop is a Linux machine. Yep. And st- I can put Steam on it, 
But it's it's like the Windows mobile device. Yeah, it's the poor cousin there. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. So anyway. So the games I put on here, so far, just out of my library, I went through my favourite games. So I've got Antichamber, Crypt of the Necrodancer, Darkest Dungeon, FTL, Faster Than Light, Half-Life 2, Light uh, I've got Life is Strange. I don't know if that's a favourite yet because I haven't played it long enough. Paul recommended that. Yeah. Uh, Mark of the Ninja. Portal 2 I actually played through again. Um, Sid Meier's Civilization 5. Small World 2. The Swapper. And I also installed World of Warcraft. Yeah. And all of them run. The only one I found didn't run was uh, City Skylines, which is City Builder. And mm. it's just... The Mac just can't hack the graphics. It's, yeah. it's just too heavy. But the first game I suppose I'll talk about, seeing as you said how big your library is... <laughs> This is the one that I think will make it, um, this is the one I think will make it, how many did you say, 32? What? 32 games? Uh, no, sorry, in, in my library. Yeah. Um, 40 odd, but maybe... 40 odd. This will make it 41 odd. Okay. All right. <coughs> okay, so the game is called FTL, Faster Than Light. Have yep. you heard of it? No. All right, so it's basically a space travel strategy game, Yeah. <coughs> and it's a game that's mainly focused around resource management. So you start out and you're, you pick a ship and you get a layout. Top-down view, grids, like a uh, board game, yep. grids are square. Um, and you're given the task, you're part of the Federation, you've got some plans or something that's key to the Federation. I don't know, some chick with buns on her ears probably gave it to a droid. <laughs> that's what usually happens. <laughs> yeah. And your goal is to make it across a number of galaxies, I think there's about seven of them, um, to reach the yep. Federation front lines. Right, and deliver that information. Ah, beer pause. Um, <laughs> and so each section of space is broken into a bunch of beacons. So at the top level, all you do is you pick one of the closest beacons, and you go, yep, I want to fly there. And you're flying to the exit of each galaxy, and when you do that, you pick the next galaxy, which is like in a tree formation, and your goal is to get to the end. <clears throat> um... Problem is that when you reach that final sector, section, sector, sector, I've gone all sector. bloody Vulcan for a second. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> There's a massive rebel flagship that you've got to um, kill to defeat the game, and it is it is a prick of a ship. Like the first time you so get there. So that's your boss go, level. Yeah, I'm going all right, and then you'll get there, and I go bang, 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 you're dead. And it's, um, <laughs> so it's a, it's, it's a roguelike game. So you, you play, you've got one life. Yep. When you're dead, start the whole game again. Oh, shit. Right? And, and you just play through. Um, so, so because you're fighting this massive ship, can you go and cough up things somewhere else? Like, left a lovely mess on the carpet. Hey, come back here and clean it up, then go away. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just a dog. Yeah. I'm a dog. <sighs> so anyway, you want to take your time getting to um, that flagship. Because as you go around each galaxy, you, you're afforded opportunities to improve your ship, right? And you engage in battles and you complete little side quests and you do all this sort of stuff. Yep. But the game's clever because the rebel fleet is approaching. Each time you make a jump, the rebel fleet gets closer and closer. So you've got to stay ahead of the rebel fleet. That are, right. So if you imagine a, like a world domination map, there's a galaxy and there's this red cir- semicircle. It's yep. just approaching across the map and you're moving from the left to the right, right? Right, gotcha. To get yeah, to yeah, the yeah, exit. Yeah. And that's where the strategy comes to play. Um, so as you, you know, as you're flying, like you might have four four beacons near you. The first one has a distress symbol on it. 
which means that someone's sending a distress signal. So you can go there, you're going to have an encounter. Yeah. Could be pirates sending out a fake distress signal. Could be a genuine distress signal. They might ask you to lead them to another thing. They might ask you to trade some of your resources, etc., etc. Yep. <coughs> but everything's randomly generated. Right. Like, sorry, I shouldn't say <coughs> randomly generated. There's a pool of predefined events and outcomes. But it's randomly generated in that, all right, you, you, you fly in, um, there's a, a space station. And you can detect faint signs of life on board but it looks like it's volatile. Right. So what do you want to do? Do you want to leave it alone? Do you want to destroy it and salvage the parts? Or do you want to dock and try and mm. um, see if there's any survivors? See if you can interact with them or whatever, yeah. So what would you pick? Well, if it looks like it's volatile, I'd probably just blast it out of Blast it up? Yeah. Okay, so that, that solution gives you a small number of scrap metal, which is what you use to buy new parts, upgrade your ship, yep. pay for repairs, all this sort of stuff, when you get to a starbase or a point where you can yeah, mm-hmm. or you might choose to go on land. Sometimes your crew member will die, and your sh- the ship your hull will take four damage right. because you. Other times, pure random generator, you'll manage to successfully find the survivor, and they'll come and join your crew. Right. Right. So it's sort of random. There's set scenarios, but there's there's a random element to all of that sort of stuff as well. Um, but what I love. <clears throat> What I love about it is how you play. Okay, so basically you're doing one of a few things. By the you, way, I'm not ignoring you. I'm actually adding it to my wish list on the Steam. Oh, Mac good. Now. I nearly <laughs> bought it for you today. And I'm like, no, I'll speak to him about it tonight. And I'll see if he... Uh... <laughs> um, so when, you, when you're flying through, you can have... Yeah, you'll, you'll meet people. There's distress signals. There's yep. store, uh, stores where you can buy upgrades to your ship. You can buy extra personnel. Each different race has different perks. Mm. Um, what did they say? They say something funny about humans. It says something like they're basically useless, but they advance pretty fast. So they'll, they'll level up a bit quicker than the other crewmen, but they don't have any special yeah. skill. Some of them power parts of your ship just by being in the same room as that oh, part wow. of your okay. ship. Yeah. So here's an example, right? So you, you go in and you, you engage in combat with another ship. Okay? Mm. So sorry, that's what I'll say. You can do quests. There's little, um, you know... Choose your so, own adventure dialogue option type things. Yep. Um, there's choosing which way you want to fly. Each jump takes yep. one unit of fuel. So you don't want to go too far all over the map or get caught by the rebels because they're strong. Blah, blah, blah. Sometimes you'll end up in a fight. And the way fights are done is you just click on a weapon to power it up. And then you click on the part of the ship you want to target. Each ship has um, a few main things. You've got door control. Yep. You've got... Oxygen, which provides oxygen for your crew. You've got weapon systems. You've got shields. You've got the engine room. You've got the uh, pilot cockpit area. Each part of the ship serves a particular pun- function, and usually it's like for the small things, like a shield. Obvious. Mm. Without the shield generator in action, you don't have any shields. Without oxygen, your oxygen in the ship decreases, and your your crew will die if it gets yep. to zero. Stuff like the helm or the engine room, if they're knocked out, they're not immediately a problem, all but that does is it You've got it reduced drops. capabilities or yeah. whatever. Yeah. What it does is when they're functional, and depending <clears> on how much power it's got assigned to it and whether it's manned, they'll give you a defensive boost. So the engine room gives you a, a percentage mm. boost to dodge. Right? So if you've got full energy and it's start manned by a, st- uh, a crew member, then you've got 20% chance to dodge all incoming attacks. Yep. 
the engine room's taken out, you've got none of that. If you, uh, during a fight, you can send crew members to different parts. They might be fighting people that have invaded mm. your ship because some of them can teleport crew members. Do some of those things add up too? So you might also have, uh, I don't know, some manoeuvres programmed into your, into your combat computer that increases that... 20% chance of dodging. Yep. Thing. Yeah. So this is where, and so I'm not going to go com- into it in detail. You can compound on those capabilities. Yeah, yep. to an extent. So the first thing you can do is you can equip your ship with X number of weapons. Yep. Um, the second thing is you can equip it with three, at the point I'm at, uh, augmentations. So one might be a shield booster. Makes right. your shield regenerate 15% faster. One might be a uh, cloaking device which activates when you click a button and for 5 seconds, or if you upgrade it, 10 seconds, or if you upgrade it, 15 mm. seconds, um, gives you a 60% dodge bonus, right? You might get a, um, a, mm. a wreck recollection arm, which gives you a 15% bonus yep. to any salvage that you collect while you're travelling around. You can have any three of them at a time. You can also purchase upgrades for your ship. First upgrade is the reactor. So the reactor is shown as a series of bars. I think you start out with, say, eight bars. That's eight bars of power. Right. So if you want oxygen in your ship, you power the oxygen room, there's one bar out of your seven gone. Uh-huh. If you've got weapons, like my ship at the moment has... I've got one weapon that takes two energy bars, one weapon that takes two, and one that takes three. My weapons room is only upgraded to the point where I've got five available things. So if I assign energy to it and I power up two of my weapons, I can't power up anymore. Gotcha. But... Yep. And I've, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff like that. So Which is another element of resource management or yeah. another way of... Yeah. But the resource management is so granular mm. that... But what they've done well, and it's hard to explain without going into full detail. I know yeah. I've already gone into quite a bit. But <laughs> it's done so well. Every element of combat, every element of exploration, every decision you have to make has a granular component that you don't have to pay attention to if you don't want. So it's micromanagement, granular details that are that never feel like they're forced on you to the detriment of the game. Yeah, so you're not a slave to the detail. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the other thing is, as you play, so the first time you play, you'll probably die. But that's all right. If you make it up to the third galaxy, yeah. right, you'll get a new ship because there's certain triggers in the game and you'll get to you get increase upgrades. the number of ships and stuff that you can start your next game with. Gotcha. Right? So the first ship you start is the Kestrel. It's your standard human ship. And it's got missiles which ignore shields and take out one room. Right? Um, they don't do any hull damage though. So hull damage is your, yeah. Yeah, your ship. So you can do damage to rooms as in what they provide um, and you can do hull damage. When the ship runs out of hull damage they're gone. So what you can do is you can fire a missile and that knocks out their shield generator, oh, yeah. which means your lasers can now fire and go through. Yep. But missiles are a resource, right? Lasers are not, right? Uh, and then right. you unlock the next one, and it's an ion ship or an eon ship, and that's got a special thing that ignores shields and knocks out for five seconds the functions of a room. It's like an a electric pulse <laughs> yeah. firer. And that one comes with, by default, um, remote droid controls. So you can have droids on your ship that automatically go around and repair damage. You can have droids that just hover around the other ship taking pop shots every X number of second yep. at the ship. So you fire your ion thing to disable the shields and your droids go bip, 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 take damage and, and all that sort of stuff. So they all play differently. But hmm. it's, right, here's an example, right? 
when you do when you attack with weapons, some weapons have the chance to set things on fire. Some things have the chance to do breach damage, which means that all the oxygen gets sucked out of a room. Yep. In the ship, you have control. All of the rooms, as I said, like two, three, four squares, right? They're all separated by doors. Whenever a crew member walks through a door, a little door opens, he walks through, door closes. Yep. If someone attacked your ship and they um, set a room on fire, you, you need to send your yeah. crewmen in there, right, and, and do that. Or you can open the external doors to your ship and open every door on the room to there and vent all the oxygen out yeah. of those passages, and it just goes to a faded red. Yep. You know, if any crew member is in there, they suffocate, but also all the fire goes out. And it's all those little things. It's... Do you oh, shut up about it. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's so much fun, and the, the, the level of intelligent design that's gone into it, everything mm. feels balanced. Like you get a kick-ass weapon, but it takes four costs, right? I'm going to have to upgrade my reactor, and I'm going to have to upgrade my weapons room in order yeah. to be able to equip that. Is that worth it, or am I better off just having two of these weaker weapons and pelting the crap out of this thing with lasers? Do I invest in getting a teleporter and teleport my crew members over there, thinking, well, if they're over there, there's a chance they can die, and they're also not manning their stations, giving me the boost to the... You know, that's probably... It, it occurs to me that's a hallmark of a really good... Um, uh, in, involving... Uh, not involving, what's the right word? Inclusive game. No, that's not the word either. A word that really... Uh, beers, huh? they, they are 8%. They are, yeah, they'll be, no, they'll be closer to 9 being Belgian, I'm sure. Um, uh, you know, when, a game that, that really sucks you right in... Um, I've completely forgot what I was going to say. Thanks for that. I was talking about the attention to detail and how everything is perfect. Right, yeah, what I was going to say was... They've clearly designed it in such a way that there is more than one way. Hell, there's probably more than four ways of oh, achieving yes. your objectives. Yeah. Right? And that's the beauty of a game like that because it's the combination of those three or four-way choices that make a unique game every time you play it. Yeah. Um, and that's... Do you remember a few eps ago I uh, described, and I probably didn't do it justice, but it was a little mobile game called Out There, which yeah, was the space... Omega... Yeah, Out There Omega Edition. So yeah. It was space travel... With resource management and this decision is, this making, is why I it sounded immediately. I'd be, FTL. I'd be stunned if the developer of that didn't play FTL. To be honest, because it's the way nice. you described it, it sounds like what I played was a really dumbed down mobile version of some of that game. Yeah, um, but all right, here's another yeah. example, right? So, but it's so focused on strategy, right? You're doing combat. Combat is real time. Yep. Okay, but press spacebar and you can pause it. It's it's that sort of game where it wants you to be focusing on strategy. Right. So you can pause it, click your crew, and go, right, you're going to go to that room, oh, you're going right. to go to that Sorry. room. When you said pause this it, I thought you meant pause it and go for a piss. No, no, I mean, no. pause it so you can plan your it next move. It pauses time. You still ah. issue all your commands and then you press space bar and watch them all go. And then you go, oh, no, they've gone there. Pause time again. And you, you've got the time to be a That's proper... Awesome. Yeah. That's it awesome. It just allows you to... You've got to try it. You yeah. will be... You'll see what I mean by this. Too much to talk about. Everything from the... Like... What was it? Oh, yeah. I had a beautiful, strong ship yeah. right? um, earlier today when I wasn't playing it at work. And <laughs> I work at work. I don't know what the fuck you do. Actually, lunchtime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I had a very good ship and I came across a, a, a space station and it said they're broadcasting, you know, that they're, they're offering fuel and because the rebels are coming, they need to clear out their stock. So it was quite a cheap price. It was two yeah. scrap metal per fuel. So I chose the option to trade with them. 
No sooner had I docked than four pirates came on board and a ship started attacking me. But the pirates came on board and took out my shields and my weapons. Son of so a I bitch. had to send my guys to deal with them and do that. I didn't stand a chance. Yeah. My two of my guys got killed off <coughs> fighting the pirates, Shit. and then before I could even get my shields up, I'd lost most of my hull damage, and that was game over for me. And I went from something just because I fell for the trap, but. Other times now, you know, you play that, and then every time there's a decision, you go right. So I would you say the game, would you say you're better off going into the game being totally suspicious of everyone you don't know, or no? It encourages. This is what I really like. It encouraged me to role play it a little bit. I yeah. went right. I'm in this ship. I need to get a BFR ship and get myself back to the Federation. Right. Yeah. There's a pirate being squashed by two meteors. Do I try to save him? Normally, Dave Gaming would try to save them because they'll be positive. Yeah. No, I'm not going to take yeah. that risk because I'm not going to make it to my objective. And when I die in this game, I'm back to the start menu and I'm starting the game again. It really made me think about my choices and Jesus. the risk versus the reward when you know there's a random generator in there. So even if you've seen the quest before, you haven't seen all the outcomes that are going to happen. There's a there's a dice roll right, in so, there that so says that's bad that, or good. That pirate yeah. getting getting caught. Um, one time you might save him, he might turn on you. Another time you might save him, he might reward you. Is that what you mean? So I had two instances. One, I tried to save him and um, I failed, yeah. and I was caught in the blast of his ship exploding. So I took four hull damage, and I got I think about four scrap metal. The other time I helped him, and um, I was successful. And he rewarded, rewarded me with 10 scrap metal and then buggered off. Right. And then the other time, I saved him, and then I had the opportunity to then blast the crap out of him get <laughs> scrap metal. You know what I mean? You, you get all these little Shit. choices, so you can sort of really... That know, is pretty granular. Yeah. Normally, it's, you know, when you, when you come across those, those style of games that give you the choice, do I or don't I save that pirate? You usually find out, usually the first time what the wrong decision is so the second time you always do the right thing or make the right decision yeah. That's but there's no game. variation in the outcome of that little submission yeah. is what I mean they know what gamers are like so yeah. they program this all in and said alright just so to you add that much variety would have yeah, taken yeah. a fair degree of story writing effort well the stories aren't particularly complex okay. they're all standalone little things simple yeah. enough okay. it really is a game that's not it's not heavily built on story. You're not going to get any, oh, you remember where this happened? Like even, what was that horrible game? with the? It was an alright story, but it had crappy writing. We are both playing it on phone. Taylor, travelling um, through the... Fuck. Yeah, I know no, that one. That wasn't it. Trapped on a moon. Yeah, that yeah. wasn't the name of the game, but yeah. It's like that game. We talked about it, listen back about ten episodes ago. <laughs> we talked about it then. And that's going to bug me. Yeah, it's going to bug me. You keep talking, I'll look for it. Um, (laughs) Anyway, it doesn't have any story like that. That actually had an interesting progressing story. This isn't about the story. This is all about resource management and decision making and measuring your risk, uh, the risk of performing an action versus the potential reward you'll get from. And all underlying that is the fact that you have to build up a strong enough ship that when you get to Federation space, you can beat yeah, rebel ship, and it's a tough rebel ship. Like it has max shields, it is doing damage to you fast. You need to have a strategy to beat it that is going to be tougher than everything you've faced so far. You know what I mean? Lifeline, lifeline. That was yep. the name of the game. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. The, the... Oh, very cool. Well, I've thrown it. I've thrown so it on good. the wish list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just it's 
It's pixel art, but it doesn't need it. It's exactly what it needs to be. Yeah. It is... The guys that did it are just freaking geniuses. They, they've awesome. got every single thing. And what I've described is scratching the surface of the game. They're probably old school adventure gamers themselves, right? So, you know, we all grew up playing the old Sierra games, the King's yeah. Quest and that sort of shit. Um, they're probably old school questers like that that have just gone, nah, we can, we can do way better. I'll tell um, you what, whoever it is, is is very good at basic mathematics. Yeah. Because their calculation and levelling of everything, like... They've taken everything into account. When you're attacked, if your oxygen is wiped out, you know you've got right X number of minutes to go and repair the oxygen. So yep. if your oxygen's been knocked out and you've got people on board that are taking out other components, you've got to balance that between the perks you get. And, but again, it's all balanced like the weapons. Yeah. You know what I mean? The benefit that you get for having a station manned is minuscule compared with the direct threat of that. So you go, right, I'll take that hit and I'll do that. But you don't have to pay attention to any of that. You could just play it straight. Anyway, I'll shut up. Let's rate this beer. You've convinced me. I mean, shit, fuck, you talk less about Castle Panic and I already bought it, so... Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just, I, was, I was trying to take notes about the game, yeah. and it was so hard. I thought, shit, if I wrote a review of this for the website, it'd be 3,000 words before I'd even managed to just scratch the surface of describing all the little bits that make it awesome. Yeah. That, that is the hallmark of a good game. Something that engrosses yeah. you that much. Mm. Yeah. And I've been playing that game for about, I reckon, five years now. Right. It's never off my computer. That's why when I saw I could put it on Mac, and then I chucked it on and started playing it, I'm like, man, I've lost hours. <laughs> and hours on a game that has no progression yeah. other than you unlock ships awesome. if you manage to complete the mm. things. And there are hidden ways to achieve them. Like if you complete a quest the right way and create good relations with a race, you'll get their ship. And their crew, which give you added perks. Yeah, or they share technology with you or whatever. When you do quests, for example, right? There's a a race called the Rockmen or something. And when you do a quest, you know that one with the... um, Say there's a a, a space station that's got sickness on it. And you need to decide, do you keep your distance? Do you blow it out of stars and salvage it? Do you send a crew member on board and try to recover? You can send your rock guy on if you happen to have a crewman on board. It's a new blue option. Because he's impervious to that. There's an insect race that have mind control capabilities. Right. So you get new options in quests depending on what crew you have in your ship. It's Oof. so clever. Yeah. So clever. But all roguelike, typical, all randomly generated. So, you know, you, d- you don't bank on a strategy because you might not get the particular weapons sure. and stuff that you need for that strategy. So reali- realistically then, what you probably need to do is possibly at the outset just think to yourself what sort of character am I being like you said no no you actually don't you start out and you you have to plan your character based on the way events are unfolding you can't plan at the start no but what you can do is is plan ahead to say I will be I'm going to be some altruistic fucking (laughs) Jean-Luc Picard type captain or I'm going to be a more realistic you know James T. Kirk type captain who would you know um you know what i mean like it it gives you it sounds like the sort of game where if you determine up front you said it yourself it it makes you role play yeah rather than just thinking about how would dave game this yeah what sort of captain am i for this ship Mm. that's um that's pretty rare you don't get a lot of games like that well because you actually have to think about it because Mm. there's repercussions for your decision that affect yeah. whether you're even going to complete the game. And it's a, I think because it's a hard game, that's why they're so important. It's not, it's not like Pandemic, which is hard, and I get to the end of that, and I'm like, well, 
I couldn't have really changed any of my decisions. But anyway, we're at the end. What do you, what do you think of? Uh... Oh, look, I'm 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 an absolute sucker for for Belgian beers like this. Um, Literally. <laughs> um, Duville. Duville. I actually I looked up a um, how to pronounce beers website, and it said that you can either you've got two options. You can either pronounce okay. it the correct way and sound like a pretentious twat, or you can pronounce it the way everyone does and sound like an uncouth bastard. Duvel. So Duvel is the uh, so here you go. Um, Duvel, Provenance, Belgium. Not like this, Duvel, but like this, Duvel. Duvel, yeah. I'm going with Duvel because uh, Robert Duvel is, is an awesome actor. <laughs> um, look, it's probably yeah, the. No uh, one says they're a web developer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, look, it's probably the uh, the eight and a half percent or so talking, but um, I'm a sucker for Belgian beers like this, um, and you know, a nice golden ale, a little bit crisp. Um, there's a little bit of sweetness in there, but it's not overpowering, so it doesn't make it too sweet that you can't drink more than two. Not that you would, because they're so damn expensive. Um, I'm going <laughs> to give it four and a half steins. Ah, same here. Yeah. Four and a half five steins, because I think it tastes grass. Yep, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, yeah. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. As always, you can find us on the uh, Podbros website or our website, anotherdungeon.com. We also have a whole bunch of YouTube videos. I've had a bit of personal stuff recently, so I haven't uh, haven't got them up. I did record a game of Dominion with Dan and Paul. I've kept the file, so I probably won. Uh, I normally accidentally delete <laughs> I've got a fun them. Or... Oh, did you? I don't know. I won a Dominion. No, I think game you won. Three of us. Yeah. Paul lost. Yes. Like. By a lot, because he kept buying coppers, <laughs> and he was bulking up. No, no. Why no. would you fill your head with coppers? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> watch the video. No spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we didn't say totally. who won. But Paul didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> he might have won. You'll yeah. have to watch to find out. And if you've got anything, any feedback you want to give, anything you want us to talk about, any beers you think that we should try, um, podcast at another dungeon Thanks for listening. See ya. Cheers.